and go. You might be here because you thought it was about golf. Or maybe you're here because you just love hearing Australians talk amongst themselves. Or maybe you're here just because you were looking for a club with girls in it. Whatever brought you here, we've got your back. Celebrating the Australian Football League St Kilda Football Club. Whether you're near or far, as long as you're not a Collingwood supporter, you're welcome to join us. Two Two girls, one club. Hello and welcome back to Two Girls, One Club. Last Saturday in round 13, the Saints played Adelaide Crows in Cairns, resulting in a devastating loss by one kick, Sophia. Yeah, there were some good signs as always and some not so good moments, including another injury we have to add to our already long list. And we're happy to be back. And as always, we have a lot to discuss going forward. So unfortunately, it was a replay. I think we're getting some karma from my bad pun about hopefully the Saints will fly higher than the Swans because now it seems like all birds are just... No go. Yeah, it's like this is revenge for my terrible pun. So the final score was 66 to the Crows, 60 to us, and that was for us uh, eight goals, 12 behinds, and Adelaide was nine goals, 12 behinds. So as, as we said, one kick. We didn't lie. Full disclosure, I found out about the game in advance of getting to watch it, and... I got the sense that it was a devastating match to watch and I'd heard about the injury and I just thought that it was going to be horrendous. And it was a hard watch knowing what the outcome was going to be um, and sort of bracing myself for the impact on the poor player who got injured. But I have to say, overall, I, I, I was so impressed with our team. Like I was really happy with a lot of the work that we did and it felt like the Swans game where if we had a game like this earlier in the season we'd be feeling a lot less sore about it because there are some excellent signs, especially considering our team is currently made up of not not usually the top 22 because of a lot of injuries. So in that regard, for us to still show up and have the kind of performance we're happening, it almost feels like when you're seeing the growth spurts of someone before they actually blossom. And that's kind of what made me excited about it. The same, the game with the Swans, um, it is obviously very frustrating, but overall I was a lot happy with that. I was really happy with a lot of our effort and um, felt like it was a really exciting match at times to watch. Um, and I, I also think, you know, in terms of our goal kicking, this game, I don't think it was any worse than any other team, generally speaking. <laughs> goal uh, kicking wise. Uh, <laughs> Read the stats out again, though. What did the pros get? Yeah, I know the stats are stats, but Butler missed one right in front of goals he kicked himself for that too yeah I I agree with you there were promising signs as always but it was just it was it was disappointing because we were up by five or six goals at the end of quarter one keeping the Adelaide Crows to nothing which amazing commentators said hadn't happened in like there were only a few instances of that in history two two instances in 73 and, years or something. Yeah, and to be that far up and to lose by a kick is just disappointing. We played a pretty terrible fourth quarter. Uh, 
there was still like the butler miss um still some silly errors which you know but if you hear Brett Ratton speak which he did at a a members Q&A this week he did say that yeah inaccuracy is an issue but it's more and more becoming about ball movement down the ground which I think is a clear thing as well that Mm -hmm. you can sort of see in later quarters um we feel the least sophisticated in that aspect you know there was that point in time where it felt like we were always just kicking straight down the line and we knew that we were never going to catch it but now it seems that there has been some creativity in that ball movement so you can see that they're trying to trying to up that but I think that our pressure is probably our greatest strength when it's at its most elite and I did think that we started out the fourth quarter with really awesome pressure um you know steel there was another there was another free kick which was a high contact call on Jack Steele who, and it was not high contact again and it got them a goal which is again we can't gripe about those things either we show up and we do it and every team gets the loss of the ref sometimes but it felt like our pressure was actually really really good and the conditions weren't helping us what do you think about that it was slippery for everyone yeah no I agree and frustration also just conceding so many goals like I have written down in quarter three is that you could really see them all getting frustrated with each other. Like, and I don't know if it was, it was sort of hard to. There was a moment, there was one moment wasn't there when someone turned around another player. Was it Butler? I think it was Butler or Higgins and, and they just, I just had written down, they're getting frustrated with each other. I hope that they talk to each other at quarter time. And I don't think that happened. I think it was just a bit more like, I don't know, like maybe Steely resolved that they could do it when, but there wasn't like a, a clear communication and that sort of above the shoulders thing. Again, I think that frustration feeds into doubt and just, even though it's jumping ahead, talking about the goal that uh, lost it for us. Uh, well, two goals yeah. actually. So no, no, no. On, the Adelaide Crows part. So a free kick was paid on the line of the Adelaide Crows goal. And it was as called by the referee, you to Dougal, sorry, a free kick was paid on the line of Adelaide Crows goal as Dougal Howard was defending rightly as he should. On <gasps> You're right. It wasn't player. holding the ball. It was a, it was a, he, they said that he obstructed his, his grab. So, for they, the mark. No, no, no. so they said they, the, the ref blew the whistle and Dougal Howard was in disbelief. One of his best reactions I've ever seen. And the commentators commented on it. They did. They couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. And the the ref literally said something to the effect of beep whistle. Dougal, whoa, whoa, ref. You were defending him from a, an attempt at the ball. He's a defender. Yeah, that was it just was, no wonder the disbelief crept. It wasn't it wasn't frustration and angst, it was just absolute disbelief on Dougal face. Of course. And it was just so, like, I was so frustrated at that. Even our dad, who often, who often doesn't, you know, dispute refs calls too often, because as Bianca said, it's part of the game. Every now and then, you know, a team sort of gets like a bad ref call. But even our father, like, agreed that 
that was just ridiculous. What was more ridiculous is that I think that the ref was not, didn't have a clear line of sight. They made an assumption. So that's what annoys me even more. If they have a clear line of sight and they've just misinterpreted what they've seen because that's human error, that's normal. But I don't think he had a clear line of sight and he made that bloody call. And it's just so, it's just, it's not okay. No. And then, of course, after that, the goal that sealed it was on the, sort of in their, um, in the square outside Adelaide Crow's goal and an Adelaide Crow's player who just missed one uh, kicked quite a good goal sort of behind um, facing, sorry, his back facing the goals up in the air. And it was really sad and really, once again, kind of like the Swans, really. Really upsetting. It is. A part of me feels, though, that it's nice that we roughed him up a little bit, made it hard for them, but it's not enough. It's just but I don't enough. care about that. They were 15th on the ladder. We're above them. We should have won. I know. Sophia, could you give us a summary of the first quarter? Yeah. Uh, as we said, for quarter one, we ended with five or six goals up, keeping the Crows to nada. Uh, the first quarter was pretty good, as as it shows in the score stats. Highmore played exceptionally well. He had two, his first two kicks were a little poor in terms of aim, but he just continued from then on marking it fantastically, intercept marks and having really great statistics to end the game with. Our first goal was Mason Wood, who has sort of been pushed forward in the most recent weeks. And that was a really beautiful, calm play. And that kind of was a bit of a whole team goal, which was really exciting. It feels as though he's everything we need. Yeah. Uh, I also have written that Max King was actually really looking confident and intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, high Moore, Hunter, fantastic. Burn, second AFL goal. Jesus. Oh, back on King, do you agree with me? I think he's better at half, not full forward. Yeah, I think he's really smart in those moments and that he's much more useful in that regard than he is right up front. Yeah, agreed. He always catches his best marks that way too. Um, yeah. yeah. I felt I, really bad when Higgins missed a goal because it just felt like the poor thing needs one after last week. I know. Um, I actually do think Wood, Wood I, I think Wood is everything we've needed because he's, he's a bit boring, but he gets the job done. And he, he sort of, you know, he, he gets in there, he's able to be strategic, he's able to think, and, and he always, and he, you know, he kicks straight. Um, a few other notes I had for the first for the first quarter was that I loved the pressure we were bringing and I was loving watching Bradley Hill. It's like when they use him, he just, he's so great to watch. And I thought the VFL has done Loney well because he's got a lot more hunger and grit more than he ever has that I've seen, I think. He yeah, wasn't, he kept, missing. he kept missing. There were a lot of errors. You know, he's not excellent in that regard, but in terms of his attack, that was something that I really felt, and I admire that. And it was really great to have Long back again. I like him in the side oh, as well. I love Long in the side. And, yeah, I agree with you about Loney. I think, if anything, it's nice that there's hunger, even if errors are made, because it's much better than just, you know, apathy. looking like you're jogging. Yeah, apathy. And having Long back, oh, it was just fantastic. He's so energetic and, like, 
yeah, has that hunger we keep talking about. I just, yeah, he, he needs to stay in the side and he needs to, I think he should stay in the side even when we get most of our top players back. I think he's great. I agree. I agree. It's probably good for him to be around them as well. Um, should we, we should also clarify with Highmore that he does not usually play in the top 22. So this could be classified as his breakout match considering he had the highest level of intercept marks for the Saints in the season. Um, and so that's why it was particularly impressive that he was playing such a good game because, of course, we could always shout out Sinclair, et cetera, but that's why it was particularly impressive because he's not as used to playing at this level. Um, mm-hmm. We get to move on to the second quarter. There was talk that the Adelaide Crows may not actually get any score on the board and that that wouldn't have happened since, I think, 1997 or something. Um, but, of course, the commentators jinxed us on that one as well. I literally have written down that I feel the same way about commentators jinxing things now after they said that and then Adelaide scored. Um, it was awesome seeing Butler's goal because it was a measured goal. It was a reasoned goal. It wasn't in the heat of the moment. It wasn't flashy. He just did a good job. Yeah, and it was also after he just missed one. So it was like, yes, like, yeah. Bit of confidence. Um, I thought, yeah, I had, again, Long was doing really great. Watching him was great. I I noted a moment where Paddy Ryder was pushed over mid-air jump, but he kept his thinking brain on. And even though he fell on his behind, he was able to handball while he was going down to, to, I think it was steel or something, and just keep going. And I was like, that is using your thinking mind. (laughs) Um, So knowing what was coming at, you know, knowing that we were going to lose – I did get a little bit of pleasure from the frustrating three behinds in a row for Adelaide before they actually <laughs> kicked the goal. I just kind of lay there going, ha-ha, ha-ha, because yeah, they were trying so hard and missed again is what the commentators sound like. And then, yeah, Burns again, his goal was great. So, so good, so good. I also have written down something that was really funny was Callum Wilkie and Tex Walker exchanging <gasps> pleasantries. <laughs> Jesus. What was that? They had a bit of... I don't know, but I quite an, like an, it. Animosity. I, just, I like it too. This is like, it's like the country western star versus the accountant. Go on, you say I, I didn't know accountants could have such animosity. <laughs> but I guess... I guess Maybe Tex didn't pay his taxes. Uh, Hunter Clark got taken out in a a genuine contest. Uh, it's it was sent to the tri- AFL tribunal this week, and the Adelaide Crows player was cleared of any sort of um, wrongdoing that he could prevent. And Hunter Clark has broken, fractured his jaw in multiple places, and is currently on the injury list as being off for six to eight weeks. That was really horrible to watch. It was horrible seeing him lay on the ground for so long and just thinking not only is it Hunter Clark, one of our most classy, fantastic emerging players who's played, you know, consistently for about a year now, it just adds to the injury list. And it was, it, yeah. And then to hear it was six to eight weeks was just really upsetting. I know you would have hoped it would be so many. I guess maybe they have to, I don't you know, I want to know, but like break it again to like put it in the right place. There's just so it, because he actually, after lying for a long time, he got up and walked off the field and he was sitting and watching the game. 
So it must just be a really in-depth, awful surgery. I can't even imagine. That must be an awful surgery to go through. But um, he, to put it into context, he was bending down to collect the ball, running towards it, bending down to collect it at the same time as an Adelaide Crows player was coming at full speed from the other direction. And Hunter got sideswiped, sort of knocked in the, in the, in the jaw from, was it the back or the head of the Crows player? Oh, I don't remember. But yeah. And then he just went straight down. And, you know, you're talking about watching him lying on the ground. For me, the, the angst was the fact that the cameras weren't really on him and I couldn't see what was going on and everyone was still playing. Um, I was glad they paused play to get him off the field. Yeah, me too. And I, I get, like, I, I agree with the AFL tribunal's decision. Like, that was, an, that was a unpreventable thing. You know, you're just, like, how, how much of the game can you make, you know, aware of head injury and, non-con- and non-contact before it just doesn't become the true game anymore? And I... Uh, but I, I, I do think... It should have been a free because it was high. I, I I don't know, or just a free because of. I agree. The, also, the, also the, like the let's end of the injury. Like I just feel like when you see stuff like that happen in highlights or replays of other matches, you always hear a whistle and there's always a free. Yeah, there always is. Just just even on scrappy principle, we should have gotten a free because that's usually what happens. Even though it's not exactly in the rules, but yeah. that's usually what happens. Um, third quarter? Yeah. So I think uh, Dunstan has gotten really classy after a stint in the VFL. He's got a lot more composure than he usually has. He does. He he um, he had a shot at goal early on in, I think, the first quarter, and he unluckily missed it. But I was – like, it was just a good shot, really. Uh, mm-hmm. Quarter three, I've just got written down that Brad Crouch is playing probably yeah. against his old side. Uh Long did a fantastic smother. I love a smother. Me too. Uh, it's so brave. So good. Still think about the one that Bradley Hill made that time. Oh, I know. And he just and made it look I want so to see easy. He made it look so easy. It was like he was diving into a pool. Uh, and, <laughs> and Burns, great contest. Yeah, I don't have that written down, but I trust you on that because in general it's just so true. I thought our pressure and defence was amazing. Yeah. Honestly, but I did have written down after saying how great Loney, how much Loney attacked the ball. I do have written down Loney's kicks a joke. <laughs> so there you go. Sorry, Loney, third quarter. He used to be quite accurate. It's quite, I mean, we all did, didn't we? <laughs> it seemed like he might be the breakout at one point and he just, but I think, I think for him, consistency is the biggest thing. And if consistency is the biggest thing for our side, we probably should get rid of the inconsistent player. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't... That's mm. why Wood, he's solid, well-named. I know. I just feel like Loney won't be dropped from the senior side, though, because he's... Oh, he, he was, though, in recent weeks. Yeah. I don't know, just because he's he is actually one of the senior players in terms of age. Or um, just because we've got an injury list as long as... Jacob's ladder. We, in the fourth quarter, I mean, obviously it was the disappointing one. It felt like defence stopped defending and started scrambling. It felt like we weren't communicating with one another. Yeah, and there was one point, a lot of the fourth quarter, especially in the last 10 minutes, 
was played in the Crows Ford 50, I would say. And there was one point when we managed to get it out. And then, of course, we had no Fords Ford because everyone, I, had, been, everyone had been pushed back, which, yes, is a technique you do when you don't want to concede, but not when there's seven minutes left. I couldn't believe there was no one there. Had there been someone there? Had there been? Oh, yeah, that was that was pretty atrocious. Um, I thought there were a few calls. There were two holding the balls. I thought that we weren't paid. Um, good mm-hmm. tackles that were laid and we weren't paid for the ball drops. Conditions made it. Re- so what do you have for me, Sophia? So I've got a little soundbite of Captain Jack or co-captain Jack Steele uh, post-game. And this was when he was sort of asked about the comparisons between, you know, the fantastic first quarter and the inconsistencies in the last three and any frustration that this brought up. Yeah, you can, I suppose you can take the positives out of it. Um, you know, when when we're on, we're a really good team, really exciting team, um, but it's just that consistent, consistency that we lack and, um, you know, it's something we, we're, we're striving to get back to and uh, I suppose we've got a couple of weeks off now where we can go back and, and sit on this loss and do something about it going forward. That was just post-game. He's probably tired of carrying the team. Like he he and yeah. a few others sort of he the ones deflated. come in and give it every week. It's true. If we consider the fact that there has been talk about a lack of all-out effort as being a problem, then it's only fair that Jack Steele, one of the most consistent players in our side, feels worse for wear because he gives it his all every time and it doesn't turn out. Yeah. Especially because it's he's right. When we're great, we're great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bianca, have you got any anecdotes? I didn't speak to anybody about it. I just kind of sulked independently. Yeah, that's the anecdote. Yeah. What have you got for me in the journal section today, Bianca? Oh, Sophia, Ben Waterworth from Fox Sports is making a resurgence. He always comes up, doesn't he? He does because he does the old three, two, one takeaways and they're, they, sometimes they're quite insightful and his prose is kind of interesting. Couple of couple of comments here. I'll start. So he says, "Quote: St Kilda's halfbacks just couldn't get their running game going in the third term, and when the Saints' on ballers were thumped around the ball in the fourth quarter, their defenders promptly shifted to survival mode." Any comments on that? I presume what he means then is in the fourth quarter we just all were in the in the Crows forward fifty. Yeah, for basically that entire quarter, which is a is a bad thing when it's not in the last, you know, two minutes. I also think it's sort of what we were talking about before, which is that they were in scramble and emergency mode. So the next one is Damien Rackliff from The Age. I think there's been a spelling error for poor Damien. I think it might be Damien Rackliff. And um, Sophia... You know, this this article spoke about the fact that at a Saints membership Q&A session, which was held over the last week, um, the members were played some footage of the senior members of the club speaking out and talking about what is falling short in the club amongst everybody. So, Sophia, would you please read the quote that is in front of you there from Tim Membry? Yes. He says, 
I feel like where we want to get to now is bridging that gap and we need to start showing clips and showing guys and us leaders as well about what absolute effort looks like, Membry said in a video played in front of his teammates. There are certainly times and I put my hand up where I think I'm giving effort, but I know I can give a lot more and we all need guys to be telling us that's not effing good enough. That's where we need to get to and it's going to be uncomfortable, but you've got to get comfortable being like that. Clap. Clap, clap. Do you think you, you agree it's an effort situation? Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I think I'm sort of at the point where I don't. I don't know what the situation is. I think it's it's a variety of things. A lot of it's above the shoulders, you know, going in maybe too cocky and confident. And mm-hmm. that, that's what lets us down in later quarters. But I, I agree with memory saying that they need to have some sort of visualization whether it be a little bit tough uh showing you know players from other teams that they're going to play on or or moments where they weren't giving effort themselves uh I think I think from watching making their mark on Amazon Prime uh which followed some other AFL teams in the 2020 season and some of the top teams seeing the coaching styles of coaches there and the way those team work the, the way those teams worked, this feels sort of on par with that. And if that can get us where we need to go, I, I don't see anything bad in it. That's true. Bit of a kick up. I, like I said, I think that it's, I think that we're having growing pains in the right direction. This is just the storm before we storm, you know? Yes. And growing pains only mean up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and where do saints go, Sophia? They go to heaven. Um, so <laughs> that wasn't funny. Back to the best segment ever. Play a PSAs. <laughs> this week we've got Tom Highmore. Shocker. <laughs> Uh, Tom Highmore joined the Saints as a mature age defender after impressing at the South Australian National Football League for the club South Adelaide. He overcame a mid-season ankle injury that put together his solid 2020 campaign that caught the attention of our recruiters. And he played a really solid game on Saturday. And during that, I realized I didn't know much about him. And so perhaps neither do you. So, question one. When you say mature age player, what is it when you say mature? Is it just like they weren't drafted when they were like 17 or whatever? Yeah, 17, 18, really. I say past 19, it's they're considered yeah. mature age drafts. Because he yeah. seems young. Yeah. Okay. Where was Tom Highmore born? A, Bristol, United Kingdom. B, Canberra, Australia, C, Perth, Western Australia, or D, Tynemouth, United Kingdom? D, Tynemouth, United Kingdom. Uh No. (laughs) Canberra. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just thought he looked a little British, so I just (laughs) sprinkled that in there. Well done. Oh, Oh, Canberra. (laughs) Okay. Yes, he was born in Canberra in the Australian Capital Territory, the most pointless state ever. Okay, question number two. (laughs) How many games has Tom Highmore played for the Saints? 
A in the top twenty-two. Yes, yeah, for the Saints. Yeah, not in VFL. A four, B five, C seven, or D nine. A four. No, C seven. What? He's played that many. Yeah, so Highmore has played seven games for the Saints, last week's being his most arguably memorable, with 22 touches, 15 intercepts, and 13 marks, eight of which were intercept marks themselves. The 15 intercepts fell three short of all Australian Darcy Moore's season best tally, which is 18. Wow. Pretty cool. That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. Just shows you it can happen at any age. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Question number three. Which fellow Saints defender is Highmore often compared to? A, Callum Wilkie. B, Nick Caulfield. C, Jimmy Webster. Or D, Dylan Roberton. Oh, shoot. My answer was not on that list. (laughs) I'm going to go A, Wilkie. What was your answer? It was going to be um, uh, Dougal Howard. Mm. You are correct, though. It is Callum Wilkie. Highmore, like Wilkie, came into the system as a mature age recruit via the South Australian National Football League. And if his work on Saturday is any indication, we can expect an assured defence like Wilkie from him going forward. That's so exciting. And it's, it's, it's even more exciting to think about the fact that our defending line is really shaping up. Our defense is pretty good. Like, I think so. I think they're great. Yeah. I just, I also just really want to see Highmore kick a goal. I know. I mean, it's probably not going to happen for a while, but you never know. He could just come off half bat like Dougal Howard one day and and, and himself. Question is Robertson number, still on the side? He's he's on the list, but he has officially retired, I believe. I think he's going to coach. Okay. Question number four, the infamous question. What star sign is Highmore? A, Libra. B, Pisces. C, Taurus. Or D, Cancer. I would go with A. Incorrect. He B. is a Pisces. <gasps> so he was born on the 24th of February, 1998, making him a young 23, like me. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That was awesome. Yay, Tom Highmore. Yeah. Excited to see more Reaching from up. Tom Highmore. <laughs> I want more from Tom Highmore. All right, fellas and not fellas, thanks for listening. Uh, we do have a bye this week, which means a week off. So we're going to say bye for now to the podcast, but don't fret. We'll be back the following week discussing the Saints versus Richmond, God help us, which will take place on the 25th of June, 7.50 p.m. at the good old MCG Sophia. Yes, and the Saints will be back, and yes, better than ever. Exactly. Have a fantastic week. When the